One and boom, we're up and live. How about that? How you like me now? We haven't done this in quite some time, huh? A solo episode? It's been about two weeks, and I don't think I remember how to do this because now I'm in front of my laptop and I'm just talking. No idea what to say. Uh, what's up, everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. A lot's been going on uh, since I previously have done one of these episodes here. Uh, and if you follow my Instagram, if you follow my YouTube, all that social media shit, you have seen that I've been doing some some nutty shit. But first, um, let's talk about airplanes, right? There's like a uh, there's like something that always happens with me when I go on airplanes. They always sit me next to the fattest goddamn person on the aircraft. And no offense to fat people, because I'm sure some of you are fat, but when I get onto an airplane, I'm usually the first one on, on the, in my row on the seat. And then there's like this teaser phase that comes on. I'm like, oh shit, no one's gonna, no one's gonna be sitting next to me. Oh my God. Everyone's on the, everyone's on board. No one else is coming. They closed the fucking door. No one else is coming. Well, that's wishful thinking. Because it's usually like the last person that just waddles their self in and then sits right on top of my lap. You know, a good old 400 BBW big-breasted woman, woman, woo-man sits right on my lap. And um, the issue I have with it is that I just don't have any control. Like if he's, if this person, we're in the middle of the flight and he wants to recline, I guess we're both reclining. Because when he pushes his seat in and he starts going back, uh, he's got that bear claw right on my hand as well. And we're all we're both leaning. That shoulder's on top of mine. That hand's on top of mine. Guess we're going back now. Okay. And now I'm just kind of, you know, in his jurisdiction. Whatever he wants to watch, we'll watch. Whatever, whatever he wants to eat, we'll eat. You know, if he wants to play a little footsie, sure, I guess he's in control. That, that's just what I don't like about it. I have zero control over what I do on that airplane for three hours. And uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Does anyone else feel like that? Anyone else have those interactions? Or is it just me? I'd imagine it's just me. Um, started smoking weed again. Not a lot, just a little bit. Uh, I'll take a hit, one hit at night. And that kind of sets the mood. And I'll watch some Netflix and just kind of uh, write some things down, get a little creative, you know. And then, um, I don't know, I, I think about my past a lot when I when I take that hit of the devil's lettuce. Uh, it tastes like chemicals. I don't know if, if the weed pen I have is very old. Well, actually, I know it's old. I just don't know if, if the oil gets old. I've probably had this pen for about two years, and I haven't used it in two years until two weeks ago. And it tastes like chemicals. I don't know if that's just the normal taste or if I'll be dead in a week. So uh, stay tuned. If you don't see me putting out any kind of content, I am dead. Come check for me because there's probably raccoons eating my body in my room. Alone. With the lights off. Um, it's kind of hot too, so might smell a little something-something. Um, back to the weed though. Uh, you guys remember weed circles? I don't know if they do that anymore, but you'd have like a group of six friends and one person would pack it and then they would start it. They would light it 
It would make its way around. You know, then it would get to you. You light it, you hit it. You breathe out, you pass it. Pass it to the person next to you. And then halfway through the... uh, the rotation like oh yeah i feel it okay yeah and then all of a sudden it makes its way back to you you're like okay here we go again you hit it you pass it and it makes another half circle and then you're like oh fuck oh fuck i'm very high how why is this goddamn thing in super speed in this rotation all of a sudden it's back to you and you start looking at everyone else and you're just kind of wondering to yourself how the fuck is no one else like fucked up right now does anyone else have like a check engine light on their human being no one just me okay how the fuck is tiny tim okay he weighs like 86 pounds and he seems like he wants another hit all right and you put it up to your lips take another hit and um it's after that point after about three hits that I I fucking turn into Stephen Hawkins. Like, I can't hit this anymore. Just then, um, I have this weird British accent that comes in my head when I get over high. Like, you shouldn't hit that, mate. If you fucking hit that again, mate, you'll fucking die. And that's just how it went for me when I was, you know. 16, 17, 18 years old in those weed circles. No one else seemed to have gotten fucked up but me. Everyone else was just like waiting for their turn to hit it for the fifth, sixth time. Then there's me. I've entered the shadow realm. Just completely bonkers. Gone out of my mind. And uh, maybe I'm a lightweight. Maybe I'm a bitch. But I'm glad I don't do that anymore. And I can just smoke in uh, my own privacy where I do one hit and I'm satisfied. Five hits in a public setting is not okay. It's not okay. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> what else has been going on with me? Um, we call this main character syndrome. What else is going on with me? What's going on with you? You know? What's going on with you? And, uh, I wish I knew. But this is a one-way mic today, and I am talking to myself. Uh, Daniel Carcillo was supposed to be on the podcast two weeks ago, and then he was supposed to be on last week, and now we uh, we communicate again, and he says Tuesday. We have it on the books, so we'll see if Daniel Carcillo is on the podcast. I'd much rather have uh, a guest on than me just talking to myself like an idiot. Uh, the conversation is way more interesting. I feel more engaged, and I just don't like talking about myself too much. And that's all I got to say about that. I've been doing these new side quests, though. Um, if you're watching my Instagram, my YouTube, I've been going out. I've done it once. I'm going to con- keep on doing it, uh, where I go out to a public place. Yesterday, I went to uh, Woodfield Mall. It's a big-ass mall in the uh, Illinois area, the Chicagoland. And um, I placed a sign on my chest that said, if you make me laugh, you win $20. It's that simple. And I set up a camera and I had a mic on me. And I didn't know if anyone was going to come up or 
or if I was just going to stand there in isolation like a goddamn idiot. Well, for about three minutes, I was standing there like an idiot. People would walk by and, and look at my chest and read and kind of smile and then walk away. Then as time went on, you know, people got a little bit more interested and started getting a little bit more uh, thrill-seeking, I guess. I don't know what the word is. Thrill-seeking seems correct. I see it on job applications all the time because I'm filling out job applications. Uh, Thrill-seeker mentality, and they would come up and read it. And uh, then there were groups around me, mostly girls, groups of girls, and they were on their phones texting like, oh, I know someone, I know someone, I know someone. I'm going to text them, I'm going to text them. Some girl asked me if she could tickle me to get me to laugh. I didn't respond. I just stood there like a uh, like an idiot, like I didn't know English. Uh, can I tickle you? Uh, I don't know. And um, people would come up and try to... Uh, it was weird. People would always do jokes. They would try to do jokes, like knock-knock jokes or chicken-cross-the-road jokes. The thing... I mean, someone stared at me, and that fucking got me to laugh. Someone just stared right into my eyes. I was wearing sunglasses. It was just, it seemed surreal. It was like such an awkward moment. And people were like laughing in the background like hyenas. And I tried to keep a straight face for like 15 seconds. I was really struggling and she just kept staring at me. And it just seemed so surreal that I, I cracked and laughed and she won 20 bucks. And we took pictures after. That was kind of cute. Um, But yeah, there, there were some girls that came up and... Why did, what the hell was it? Why wasn't Cinderella good at soccer? Cause she always, cause she didn't chase the ball or something like that. I don't know. It's on, it's on Instagram. It's on YouTube. If you want to see it, it's pretty funny. Um, it was an interesting, uh, social experiment though, for sure. Like people would read it, the sign, and then they would already give up. Like they don't think they're funny or they don't think they can make me laugh. Like, dude, I'm the easiest person to make laugh, but no one knows that because I had such a stone face and I had sunglasses on. So it looks like when people can't get a read on you, they doubt themselves. So that was interesting. The people that did try, that didn't worry about failing, were kids. It was all like little kids. They would always come up and try, see if they could win 20 bucks. It's free to try. And I'm surprised no one, no one made like weird sound effects or like whisper in my ear that one would have made me that would have made me budge stuff like that but people went with the classic you know why the chicken cross the road so we'll be doing that again it'll be different challenges though i'm thinking um i was gonna go today but i have to go pick up my kid and i want to spend some time with him so maybe tomorrow it's gonna be a warm one out here i'm thinking like uh Pie yourself in the face and then dump a, a water bottle on your head. And I'll do it outside at a, at an outside mall, see what we can get. But uh, it was fun, man. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I like interacting with the uh, the public. Uh, anywho, I don't know. Also, I've been doing some uh, stand-up comedy. Again, if you guys are uh, checking out my social media, you'll see that. I've been posting some stand-up comedy. You cannot have a plan for when you go on stage. It's hilarious. Here's the difference. Here's the difference between doing like a um like a best man speech or like a uh 
a convention speech, like a business speech, in comparison to what is uh, stand up comedy. Stand up comedy, when you're when you're writing down your your bit, and you have it all played out, it doesn't go the way that you think it's gonna go, because you're writing the jokes, and then you're like, all right, there's the joke, there's the punchline. Pause for three seconds. We get a laugh break, and then continue on. There's the setup. There's the punchline. Pause for a few seconds. Maybe crack back at the audience. Continue on. Well, you soon find out, pretty much instantaneously, that after your first joke and the punchline, nobody laughs. What do you do then? That's like a shockwave. When nobody laughs, like you don't get the let maybe like one or two people laugh in a full room. That's a shockwave that hits you. And then you have to think on your feet because you had this shit so set up in your mind of how it was going to go. And when it doesn't go that way, it throws everything off. Everything off. The remainder of your bit is thrown off. And... I didn't know that. I had no idea. Why would I know that? I'm not friends with any comedians who go on stage and were able to warn me. I didn't know. So that was kind of like hitting the ground running, I guess. And I'm glad I did it. I'm glad we got it out of the way because now I know what to expect. You know, it's a lot more, it, there's a lot more ad lib. There's a lot more uh, improv improvisation i don't know if that's the word sorry people Im- improv i guess no one ever uses the full word what the fuck is the full word of improv it's not improv improvis improvisation whatever i just made all of you more retarded i'm sorry um but there's a lot more of that on stage so you have to kind of be quick-witted you have to be loose you have to be fluid you have to be in a funny state of mind and um that's hard to do because a lot of these open mics, you get you get four minutes of stage time, and you'll be waiting in the crowd for at least two hours before you can go up. That's what I've noticed for both times. I've had to wait two hours, and I get four minutes. Now, when you're waiting for two hours, you're you're hearing every other person's joke, and no offense, but I mean, most of us are just starting out. Most of them are not funny. You know, most of them have different comedy styles and sense of humor. So by the time that you go up on stage, sometimes you're just exhausted and you don't even know if what you're doing is going to be funny. Just because you've seen so many jokes before your own and you have a completely different style. Now you start doubting yourself. You're like, well, Jesus, dude, everyone that's gone up is so completely different than mine. I don't even know what the fuck funny is anymore. So there's a lot of self-doubt, dude. It's it it pulls at you, man. And that's what I like about it. It is not easy by any means. It is not it is not as simple as people look. Like you just go up on stage and start talking. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You have to try to remember every line that you have written down. And the silence when you get on stage is so deafening. It's crazy. Like, it took me a second to, like, gather my thoughts. Right when I stepped on stage, I looked at the, at the crowd. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot everything. Everything is gone. Oh, shit. And then you have to try and take a second, 
Usually it comes back. If it doesn't, then you have to start doing uh, crowd play for a little bit until it comes back. It's an interesting experience, man. What I did find out, though, and I'm sorry if you don't want to hear about this, but this is like the biggest thing that's going on in my life right now. All right. And this is why I like having other people on so we can we can talk about other things. But I'm sorry. This is my life. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was just saying. God. What was I saying? The ah, yes. Okay, thank you. See, this is what happens when you're on stage. You forget, but it comes back. Maybe it's just me. I fell down some stairs when I was young. Um, what I enjoy about it is after the fact, once you get off stage, there's like this rejuvenation. Like you feel on top of the world that you were just able to to go on stage and speak for four minutes in front of a crowd of nobody. People who may not like you may like you. It's just the unknown. You don't know. But you were able to get up there and you were able to do your thing. So everything seems much simpler in real life. Like throughout the day, like talking to people, explaining yourself to people, interacting with strangers, all this stuff, man. So I feel like all this stuff is kind of like going together for like this ultimate goal, I guess, for what I'm trying to do and what I've been trying to do are these little side quests where I'm interacting with the public. Cause now I don't, I don't get nervous at all. It's just, it is what it is. Like it, I, I've been on stage. I do stand up a little bit and there's nothing more nerve wracking than that. So what the fuck is going in public and doing these little jokes and doing these little uh, side quests where people are reading off my chest and interacting, you know, I think it helps with my mannerisms. I think it helps with my delivery. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, Labor day is Monday. So the open mic is closed, but the week after that, and I've been writing. Um, that's why I've been smoking weed a little bit more too, is because it's helped with my creative process. You know, sometimes I'll write shit down sober and then I'll take a hit and then I'll reread it. And I'll be like, boy, that's not funny. Which kind of puts me in a predicament because I don't know if, if the, the weed is funnier than being sober I don't know. We'll find out. This is uh, a testament. You know? It's a goddamn testament. We'll see over time. (sighs) But that's all that's been going on in my world, people. Um, Sorry it took so long to get a a solo episode out. This felt weird. This felt strange. Uh, Maybe we should do it more so I'm more comfortable. Just like, dude, it's a goddamn muscle, people. You have to work at it. Everything. You have to work at it. You know, you can't just do it once every month. You'll never get better. You have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. Rinse and repeat, baby. If you want to get better at something, really go for it, man. Really go for it. Who gives a fuck? You know, just uh, you have to break away from that ego. You have to break away from... um, from what you think people are going to think of you. You know, because in most cases, people don't give a fuck about you. As hard, as harsh as a reality as that is, people have too much shit going on in their own life, and you're putting way too much into that basket. You're putting way too much into people actually think what you're doing. You know, maybe for the moment they do, but dude, right when you guys leave, 
like right when you disassemble, right when you're not with them anymore, dude, they go on to their lives. You know, maybe they have kids, they have a job, they're struggling somewhere. They have to worry about getting money. You know, their dad's a dickhead. Their stepdad is touching them. Stuff like that. You know, they have a lot more shit to worry about than, oh, dude, this fucking kid bombed at seven o'clock on a Monday night. And he's just thinking about that like two months later. That kid sucked. (laughs) Oh, man, what a loser. Probably not. Maybe, but probably not. So keep your head up, people. Uh, Go get what you want. Go do what you want to do. At least try it. Give it a real chance. You know, and by a real chance, I don't mean just one time. Like, try to stick with it and see if anything can come of it. All right, there's something you want to do. I know there is. There's something you want to try. Go try it. All right? Let me be that motivation. You see what I'm doing? It's fucking uncomfortable, people. I am uncomfortable as shit doing these things. But I'm doing it. Right? You get one life. You don't want to you don't want to regret shit. So get out there, go do it, give it a try. And um hopefully Tuesday we will be back with uh Daniel Carcillo, ex Blackhawk Stanley Cup winner. Uh grimy little fella. And I uh, hope he doesn't hear this cuz he will kill me. So Thanks for listening, people. We'll catch you on the next one. Love you guys. Peace.